This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures in Acts with reporting back to Antioch, the occasion of the First Council, Peter's response, James's response, and the Council's letter. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed the sick and afflicted. The book of Judges is full of different kinds of judges. The good, the bad, there are an awful lot of bad ones. Generally speaking, judges would bring people back to repentance, but sometimes they were a source of a kind of mixed judgment on God's people for their disobedience. We're going to be talking about Old Testament judge Deborah. She manages to, well, both indict the people for their unbelief, but also, as a prophetess, to predict a victory, a very odd victory, after the battle is over. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc., coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll be teaching that Sunday School lesson with Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel. We'll spend some time in your email and the Issues Etc. comment line, the email address, talkback at issuesetc.org, the comment line, 618-223-8382. Then we'll be looking forward to Sunday morning, according to the one-year lectionary, the 11th Sunday after Trinity. I believe it is also the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, Pastor Peter Bender, will be our guest. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. Give us some context for today's lesson on the judge, Deborah. Deborah appears in the book of Judges. The book before Judges is Joshua. And of course, Joshua was Moses' sidekick that God used to go into the land of Canaan And he had one task, and that was to defeat the idolatrous actions of the Canaanites and remove them from cities, etc. You know, you had that great big Jericho situation. Well, unfortunately, when Joshua died, the people began to follow the idols of the Canaanites. And the book of Judges begins by showing that there was a failure to complete the conquest of the land. Israel would allow a lot of the Canaanites to continue to live in their cities, etc. And And so Judges is quite an interesting book of the Bible because it follows a cycle, which means God's people, first of all, sin and are rebellious against God, then God lets Israel's enemies defeat them. The Israelites suffer, therefore, and they turn back to the true God in repentance. And what does God do? He defeats their enemies with judges and therefore leads Israel to success. But as soon as the judge dies, guess what? They go back into 
idolatry. So after the death of Joshua, the first judges that came about, a man named Othniel, O-T-H-N-I-E-L, and he defeated the enemies of Israel after they repented and was given 40 years of rest in the land of Israel. But as soon as he died, then Israel again began to follow false idols, and God sent another judge called Ehud, E-H-U-D, and he defeated uh, the Canaanites. And then another judge named Shamgar came about and also saved Israel. And after Ehud, they had peace for 80 years. But after Shamgar died and Ehud had died, then it says in chapter 4, the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And this time, the Lord punished them by putting another king over them that was a Canaanite. It says the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. What does that mean, the Lord sold them? It means that when they went to war against him, the Lord was not with the Israelites, but he allowed the Canaanite, and the army was led by a man named Sisera, S-I-S-E-R-A. And he was able to defeat because he had 900 chariots of iron. So once more, the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help because they could not, they believed, defeat an army of 900 chariots. And they were dealt with cruelly for 20 years. And that's when God brings another judge named Deborah onto the scene. What does it mean that Deborah was called a prophetess? Deborah was a prophetess in the sense that her work involved leading Israel like a ruler and settling arguments among the people. Now, we have that in the United States where we make a distinction between church and state. And so the president of the United States and the various representatives, they try and keep peace and proper judgment. That was kind of what Deborah was doing. And then you have, of course, the religious side. But Deborah was sent by God particularly to come to defeat Sisera, who was causing great havoc among the Israelites and dealing cruelly with them for 20 years. What direction did Deborah give to the commander of Israel's army? Well, the commander of Israel, his name was Barak. 
And she said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, Go, gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. And I will draw out Sisera, that's your enemy, the general of that king's army, Jabin. And he will meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and his troops. And I will give him into your hand. In other words, Deborah is saying that the Lord will even be able to defeat 900 chariots of this army uh, against Israel. And all that Barak has to do is listen to the Lord. Why did the people not believe God's promise to deliver them? Well, who would? A good example that is found in the Sunday School material is to take those 900 chariots compared to the number of people that Israel had. And it's a very small percentage. And it hardly is believable that that is going to happen, that Israel is going to be able to defeat 900 chariots. They didn't have any chariots. They were not trained in sword fighting. And so, boy, they they could hardly believe. How are they going to defeat? This is very important for the Sunday school children to get across by the teacher that a lot of times we all feel like we are faced with something that we cannot defeat. It may be a problem, it may be a sickness, it may be an injury, it may be a friend who doesn't like us anymore or whatever. And we do not trust in the Lord and we think that by our own ability, we will not be able to overcome this. This is how Israel felt against this king, Sisera, who has 900 chariots of iron. How did Barak respond? Well, Barak responded. He said, Deborah, if you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she says, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, she says, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory because you are not going to be the one to put Sisera to death. Instead, the Lord will give Sisera into the hand of another woman who will put him to death. And so Deborah rose and went with Barak, and he called his 10,000 men, and they went to fight with this army that was led, of course, by this Sisera. So how did the battle transpire? Well, believe it or not, it wasn't long before Sisera recognized that his chariots were being defeated. In fact, Deborah said to Barak on the battle, up, 
for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not the Lord go out before you? And sure enough, Barak went down with his 10,000 men, and 10,000 men versus all those chariots still won the battle. And Sisera really got nervous, and he got down from his chariot, and he fled away on foot. And Barak, with his men, pursued the chariots and the whole army against them, and they all fell by the edge of the sword. In fact, the Bible says in verse 16 of chapter 4 of Judges, not one man was left except for Cicero, who had fled in trying to escape. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest, host of the radio show called Law and Gospel. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson. Today, it's the Old Testament judge Deborah in Judges chapter 4. After Cicero escapes on foot, what happened next? Was the reformer Martin Luther innovating or in error when he added the word alone to Romans 3.28, for we hold that one is justified by faith alone apart from works of the law? Find out in Pastor Will Whedon's column in the latest Issues Etc. Journal. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Dr. Donna Harrison details her journey to confessional Lutheranism from Catholicism, Scientism, Mysticism, and Evangelicalism. The free online Issues Etc. Journal. Just click the red Journal subscription button at issuesetc.org. In a child's life, meaningful relationships matter when it comes to academic development and spiritual nurture. In Lutheran schools, students know they are uniquely and wonderfully made in God's image. Each day in over 1,800 Lutheran schools, children experience a rich, academic, loving, and Christ-centered environment where they can explore and develop their God-given talents and abilities. To find a Lutheran school near you, visit lcms.org schools. Sanctifying your yard work with the Word of God. You're listening to Issues Etc. At Zion Lutheran Church, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, we've adopted the motto, A Changeless Christ for a Changing World. While many congregations try to market a message that appeals to what a changing world wants, we continue to give a constantly changing world what it needs. A changeless Christ in word and sacraments like the church has done for 2,000 years. If you're in Chippewa Falls and would like to have the forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and salvation that Jesus won on the cross and delivers today in His church, please join us poor miserable sinners. For more information, visit cfzionlutheran.com. The days are shortening and it's soon back to school. Ad Crucem has beautiful posters and art to adorn your home school or classroom and we print them right here in our Colorado workshop. Come and see our various prints by Cronach, Holbein, Bonat, Tintoretto and Caravaggio. Stock up on our daily prayer posters, creed posters and other beautiful Christ-focused artworks. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. God's Word carries along His Spirit so that wherever His Word is found, the Spirit comes along with it. That also means that when God's Word is encountered either through verbal proclamation or through written text, the Spirit is active and working in the one 
who hears or reads it. If the hearer is not yet a Christian, the Spirit is working to help him trust what God says to him in his word. If the person is a Christian, then the Spirit is reminding her of what God has said and helping her continue to trust in God and what he has promised. That's from the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August. It's called The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. You'll find this book at our website, issuesetc.org. You can also call Concordia Publishing House and order The Baptismal River, 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040. Pastor Tom Baker is teaching a Sunday school lesson. Today it's Old Testament Judge Deborah in Judges chapter 4. So, Tom, after Sisera escapes on foot, as you mentioned before, what happens next? Well, he fled and he went to a tent of the wife of Heber the Kenite. Her name was Jael, J-A-E-L. I'm kind of surprised that people don't ever name their daughters Jael because she became a real hero. And the reason that Cicero went to her tent is at that time, he thought there was peace between his king and the house in which she was in. And she came and she met Cicero and said to him, oh, come on in, do not be afraid. Come on into my house. So he turned aside into her tent and she covered him with a rug to keep him hid from anyone who might come. And he said, please give me a little water to drink for I am thirsty. So she gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, stand at the opening of the tent. And if any man comes and asks you, is anyone here? Say no. So that was her orders as he hid under this rug. But Jael, the wife of Heber, she took a tent peg, that was a piece of wood which is sharpened, took a hammer in her hand. She went softly over to him who was under the rug and drove the peg into his head, into his temple, and he died. And Barak was pursuing Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there lay Sisera, who was dead, with the tent peg in his temple. And so verse 23 tells us, so on that day, God subdued Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the people of Israel. And the hand of the people of Israel pressed harder and harder against that evil king until they destroyed the king of Canaan and his people. A wonderful story that is applicable to the Sunday school children, that there is nothing that can become victorious over them where they will lose the love of God. He will often come and help them escape 
from whatever suffering, whatever dread, whatever they are worried about. And that's the purpose, is to get the children to believe the promises of God that he is always with them. That's the purpose of this Sunday school lesson. Why did God deliver Israel through the actions of a woman? He delivered them through the actions of a woman to show that he makes choices that are really not sensible. In fact, later on, we're going to run into another judge that he chooses. His name is Gideon, and he does not appear to be somebody who would be a great judge. He often was afraid, but once God chooses him, he gives him the courage to defeat the Canaanites that are fighting against the people. And so what better way to show that God is almighty than to use a woman to defeat a king who had 900 chariots and his ruler was put to death. So we see this also in the church oftentimes. Many of my Sunday school teachers were women. They would meet with me to go over the lesson ahead of time to understand the distinctions between law and gospel and then get across to the children the wonderful good news of Jesus Christ, the purpose of his suffering and his death to forgive our sins and so that the children would learn to trust the promises of God that were given through Jesus Christ, the most important one would be the forgiveness of sins. Some have argued that Deborah is a proof text for women being pastors. How would you respond? Well, you would have to say that the woman would also conduct the worship service. She did not conduct the worship service she was a prophetess, and verse 4 of Judges says clearly she was doing the work of judging Israel at that time. So cases would be brought before her, arguments that people would have. Now, occasionally a pastor may do that, but he does that on the basis of God's holy word. In this sense, Solomon was not considered a pastor, but he was really a high judge. Remember, he made that judge between the two women, both who said that the child who continued to live was their child, and he found a way to know through wisdom which woman really was the mother of that child and saved that child. He was not a pastor. He was a judge, and that's what judges is all about. Not talking about pastors, but talking about judges, and that's what Deborah was. She was not a pastor, and therefore this should not be used as a proof text that women can be pastors, even though they may have the wisdom to teach God's word to especially Sunday school children and others in the family, bringing up children 
in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Why did God continue to deliver Israel despite their unbelief? Because God had made a promise to Abraham, and that promise was not only to bring the people back into the land of Canaan, but to ensure that they would be victorious over the Canaanites. And so he did allow at times for the Canaanites to overcome the Israelites, but as a test to them as to whether or not they would repent. And when they repented, he set up a judge, and that judge brought victory. And the people were very thankful until the judge died, and then they fell again into their unbelief. That cycle continued until we get into the next book, First and Second Samuel, where David becomes king after Saul fails to be a proper king. And through David, Jesus comes into being by means of the Virgin Mary. That's what the Old Testament is about. God keeping his promise and therefore saving his people time and time again, even though we do not deserve it. And that really becomes evident with the cross of Christ because nobody deserves the forgiveness of sins because God takes upon himself the punishment of our sins, dies for us, is raised for us, and now declares us righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. Finally, what's the law and gospel of this lesson? The law is we often try to rescue ourselves from the slavery we think that we are in. We may have injury, we have sickness, and we think we can take care of it. But God is the one who really will rescue us either from the medicine that we take to help us become healed or by other people who will give us advice so that disruptions in our life will be taken care of. And it's a good practice in the Sunday school lesson for the children to express how God had helped them out in a situation or two that they are aware of that the teacher can help remind them that the promises of God are always sure and are never, never broken. Pastor Tom Baker hosts a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. Thank you. We will go through listener email, talk back at issuesztc.org, and the issues, etc. comment line, 618-223-8382, talking about fideism and whether Roe was bad for the pro-life movement next.
How do the global flood, circumcision, and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness foreshadow the baptismal flood in Christ? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. This new Bible study is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or find out more about The Baptismal River at issuesetc.org. The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com. LutherAcademy.com. Memoria Press award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next purchase by using the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Keeping the message straight, getting the message out. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Christ the King Lutheran, Spencer, Iowa. Good Shepherd Lutheran, Collinsville, Illinois. Emmanuel Lutheran, Alexandria, Virginia. Lord of Life Lutheran, Plano, Texas. Our Savior Lutheran, Houston, Texas. Redeemer Lutheran, Huntington Beach, California. St. John Lutheran, Hutchinson, Minnesota. St. Paul Lutheran, International Falls, Minnesota. Trinity Lutheran, Louisville, Minnesota. And Zion Lutheran, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including issues, etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal.